What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Table Podcast. I am your host, Kenny King Jr., and we finally have football season back. No more talking about training camp, no more what-ifs, no more this and that. We have actual NFL football back in action. College football has already started. NFL starts up this Thursday, tomorrow night. And I'm excited. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm really excited about what's happening, what's going on. The fact that we actually get to watch some real football. There may not be fans in the stands at a lot of these stadiums, but at this point, it doesn't even matter. We finally got some sports. We finally got some football. Let's get back to it. Some top stories around the league. We've had a few injuries. We've had some major players put on injured reserve. We've had some things happen. Uh, most notably, you see Vaughn Miller went out yesterday in practice. He suffered an ankle injury. He needs surgery on the tendons, and he may be missing the whole season. So prayers up to Vaughn. You know, me as a Raider fan, I never like to see the Broncos do well, but Vaughn is a guy that I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for. I think Vaughn is a player who plays the game the way it should be played. Hell of a player, hell of a person. He's a guy that you would everybody would can agree that they would want him on their team. Uh, so prayers up to Vaughn. Around the league, you also have Daniel Hunter from the Vikings. He's been put on IR. He has a non-disclosed injury, so keep an eye on that to see what happens with him. You've got Mike Evans down in Tampa Bay who's dealing with a hammy injury. Doesn't look to be serious, but he may miss a game or two. The Las Vegas Raiders have placed their backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota, on injured reserve. He will miss a minimum of three weeks. He may be out longer. He's dealing with a pec and ankle injury that has been nagging him since last season. He has shown flashes in practice. However, he is not doing well in the throwing motion, so Gruden and Mayock have decided to put him on the injured reserve list. Also with the Raiders, the Raiders have placed wide receiver Tyrell Williams on injured reserve. He will be out for the season. He tore his labrum, and he will miss six months recovering from that surgery. And also around the league, Odell Beckham Jr. is trending on Twitter, but not for what you would expect. I'll let you guys Google that one. But anyways, let's get into it. We got football coming up. Let's talk about it a little bit. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about some of the key matchups that are going into this week. But let's get into the first game of the season. This is the marquee game. This is the highlight of the season, realistically. This is the rematch of the AFC Championship last year. You have the Houston Texans facing the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you guys remember last year, the Texans were beating the Chiefs the whole game. And then all of a sudden, the Texans decided to change their game plan. The Chiefs came back and the Chiefs ended up going on to win the Super Bowl, right? Gross, I know. Get it. They have a rematch, and this rematch starts on Thursday night football. That's right. Thursday night football is finally back because football season starts, and I'm excited about it because we have football. I've been talking about this ever since we started this pod. But what I'm really excited about is to see what these new look, these new look Texans are going to look like because you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Deshaun Watson, who just signed a massive, massive deal, and he is locked in with Houston for the next five years. He has a no-trade clause. They are not getting rid of the guy. The Chiefs, on the other hand, you could say that they got better because they haven't lost anybody. They re-signed Chris Jones. They, they extended Mahomes. They extended Kelsey. They have all of the pieces in place to make a repeat. The only good thing is we know what they can do we just need to figure out a way to stop, and I think that that's every team's goal right now is to try to stop the Chiefs. 
continuing on with the season or with opening day, you've got a lot of rivalry games. You've got Eagles-Washington. You've got Packers-Vikings. You've got Browns-Ravens. You have Colts-Jaguars, Bears-Lions, Seahawks-Falcons, Dolphins-Patriots, Chargers-Bengals, Cardinals-49ers, Buccaneers-Saints. Now, they stop here at this Buccaneers-Saints game because this is the battle of the old-age quarterbacks. You've got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Tom Brady taking the start with his new-look Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just added Leonard Fournette from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was recently released. They have Mike Evans, who should play, hopefully. And you have Chris Godwin on that offense. You also have Gronkowski at tight end. You have a very staunch defense, and you're facing a Saints team that is very, very good. You have Drew Brees. You have Michael Thomas. You've got a lot of stars on that team. And so it'll be very interesting to see what happens in this game. I think it'll be a good matchup. Uh, Brees and Brady are very similar in the fact that they aren't going to throw a lot of long passes. They're not going to throw a lot of bombs. But they're very precise and very selective in their throwing. And they don't make a lot of mistakes. So I think that this is going to be a game that's going to come down to Bulls can do when it comes to the playoffs. You see what Nick Bulls can do in the season. And realistically, he's not a great quarterback, but he is better than Trubisky. You look at also on the defense side of the ball, the Bears have a very good defense led by Khalil Mack. Now, last year, Khalil Mack had an off year after having a phenomenal career year after being traded by the Raiders. I'm excited to see what Mack, what Mack does to see if he bounces back this year or if he continues to have the same year that he has. I know there have been rumblings that he's not happy in Chicago. I know that there would be rumblings that the fans aren't happy. Realistically, you have an all-world player that any team would be lucky to have. And me as a Raider fan, I tell you right now, I miss Mack. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm excited to see what this game can do. You know, it's a big game for Matt Stafford. I think that Matt Stafford has a lot to prove. He's been a very solid quarterback throughout his career, but they haven't been able to get over that hump. I'd like to see the Lions do something this season. He just added Adrian Peterson, who was recently cut by the Washington football team, and they're added, they've added to that running game. So it'll be exciting to see what they do. And now we get into my game of the week. And my game of the week is the same game of the week that every Raider fan has circled on their calendar. And that's the Raiders versus the Carolina Panthers. The Raiders are going to be traveling to North Carolina. They're going to be facing the Carolina Panthers. And the Raiders are getting prepared for it. They've been practicing every single day at 7 o'clock in the morning to make sure that they are ready for that 10 a.m. kickoff on the East Coast. They're prepared for this game. They have mentally and physically prepared. They've been training hard. They've been working hard in practice. They've been putting together the pieces that they need to go out there and make some big plays. You look at the team. You look at the attitude of this team, and they're starting to embody what the Raiders of old have looked like. You see Derek Carr, who is starting to embody what his coach, John Gruden, is. John Gruden is very short, sweet, and precise when he is with his questions, and Derek has been doing the same thing. You look at Derek Carr's interview today with Josh DeBoe, and Derek very easily shut Josh down quickly. And the reason he did that wasn't because he didn't want to get into it, but Derek said multiple times that he is tired of being disrespected. And this is what he's going to do, is he's going to go out there, and instead of telling everybody that he's dis tired of being disrespected, he's going to go out there and he's going to show you that he's tired of being disrespected because everybody wants to see it. Me, personally, I'm a huge car fan. I'm excited to see what he does this season. But we got a great cast behind him. You've got Josh Jacobs, who's running the ball, who's coming off a phenomenal campaign of his rookie year. He missed a couple games due to a shoulder injury, and he was still runner-up as, as offensive rookie of the year. 
You've got Henry Ruggs, who's coming in as a rookie. He's going to be a lights out. You've got Brian Edwards coming in as a rookie, replacing the injured Tyrell Williams. You've got Darren Waller coming back. You've got Jason Witten, who is a red zone machine. You've got Foster Moreau, who's coming back off of injury. Defensively, you've got Corey Littleton. You've got Nick Kwiatkowski. You've got Trayvon Mullen coming back. You've got Jonathan Abram, who's essentially playing in his rookie year because he only played one game versus the Broncos last year. You've got rookie Damon Arnett coming in, stepping in at the CB2 role. And you have a sophomore class at defensive end that I think is going to prove a lot of people wrong. Max Crosby had a phenomenal campaign. He's going to be lights out again. I think Cleveland Farrell is going to show a lot of people what he can do. But you know, all this talk about Raiders and especially the defensive line for the Raiders has gotten me fired up. If you look back to our talk with Coach Buckner last week, Buckner had a lot of good things to say about these guys. I remember looking back at what Buckner said is he said that Cleveland's a guy that works his ass off. Max is a guy that works his ass off. Hank is a guy that can get to the ball. He's not just the guy that's going to plug up the middle. Moe's a guy that can get to the ball. You look at a lot of these guys on the defensive line, and these are some guys that are hungry and they're going to get after it. And you have a mobile quarterback who you're going to have to move around for, and so it's going to be it's going to be nice to see some linebackers that can get out there and scramble and move around with these players so that the line that Bridgewater cannot get out of the end's sight. But one guy, one guy that stands out to me the most, and he was just named a captain for the Raiders, and that's Malik Collins. Malik Collins has, was brought in from the Cowboys this offseason. He has been lights out in practice. He's been a guy that has been a go-to player. He's been a leader on the defense. He's been a leader on the team. He's one of Marinelli's guys. He's bought into the system. He's helped other people get bought into the system. He has been coaching these players up. He's been basically teaching them how to play defensive line at a higher level. And I think he is going to be the X factor of this defensive line. I think that he's going to be the X factor of this defense. I think that he is going to be one of the keys to victory. Now, speaking of keys to victory, what I want to do is I want to bring in my boy James and talk a little bit about some of the keys to victory because, you know, obviously we could say, hey, the Raiders are going to go in. They're going to beat the Carolina Panthers. But I want to know how. I want to know what they're going to do. I want to know what's it going to take for the Raiders to come out and fly back from North Carolina victorious. So let's go ahead and get James in here. And we're back, and we've got my boy Jimmy Three Tech with us. James, what's up, brother? What's going on, brother? Hey, man, you know, just another day living the dream. I'm excited because we finally have football back. We got Raiders football this Sunday. We're going into Carolina. We're taking on the Panthers. Let's break this down. What are what are some things that we need to do so that we, we beat the Panthers this week? <clears throat> well, thanks for thanks for asking, Kenny. First, first and most importantly. We gotta, you gotta corral that beast, right? And the best way to corral them is four solid corners. And I'm not talking DBs. I'm talking game plan. First one, dominate and control that line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. We yeah. have to. That's number one. Number two, and this one I go back. It's fundamental number one, force turnovers. 
Because if we're rushing that QB, we're, we're forcing them to make mistakes. That leads to turnovers. Third, we got we can't play sloppy. No penalties. We got to stop third downs. How many times last year did we give up defensive penalties on third down or give up a big third down play, like a third and 12 or a third and 15? And yeah, let yeah. them convert. And, you know, just overall, just play conservative, pound that rock. We got Josh Jacobs, you know, I mean, that guy's feed him that rock and, you know, be con- and I say conservative because we got a lot, lot of new players on this team and right. we don't want to give them tape. Right. And I think that some of the things that we need to look at, too, is, you know, obviously we're going to pound the rock with Jacobs and, you know, we want to be conservative running the ball. But at the same time, we want to open things up. We don't want to give a lot of tape because it's early. But at the same time, we don't have a lot of tape on this team. They've got a new they've got a new head coach. They've got a new offense coordinator. They've got a new defense coordinator. They've got a new quarterback. They have the same old Christian McCaffrey, who you know exactly what he can do. And Uh. if he gets outside, then he can light it up and he can tear us up. But one thing that I'm excited about is our linebackers are much better than what they what we had last year. And speaking of our linebackers last year, we'll be facing one of them in Tahir Whitehead. So one of my keys is using Darren Waller and utilizing Darren Waller. And that matchup nightmare of Darren Waller and their linebackers is going to be hell all week. Also looking at their corners, you got Eli Apple who got put on the injured reserve list. Ow. So Henry Ruggs is going to be yeah. lining up against the number two. You got Brian Edwards lining up against the number three. And who's right. going to cover Renfro? So those are some things that kind of stand out to me. Those are some things that are exciting about me. But for me, realistically, defensively, we have to stop them. I think that the biggest thing is I think offensively we can move the ball. But I think defensively what we need to do is we need to make sure that Jonathan Abram is going in there and he's hitting somebody in the mouth quick and early. And I think that we need to make sure Setting that Trayvon Mullen is keeping up with, with Robbie Anderson, right? you got to set that tone. Hit some, and, It's like Al always yeah. said, right? Hit somebody in the mouth, hit them hard, hit them early. The quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. That's what you need to do to get these guys set up for success in the beginning of this game. Absolutely. And wasn't it – didn't Robbie Anderson torch us last year, like, badly? Him and um, – uh, was it Curse? Yeah, I mean, they that whole team torched us numbers, badly. Yeah, but, I mean, it was just – that game, it started out, you know, started out competitively, and then all yeah. of a sudden it was like, you know – and, and Robbie, I mean, the one thing about Carolina is they lost their anchor. Yeah. He retired. And I think Quan Short is like really, I think he's going to be their defensive leader um, on that side of the ball. I mean, he's, I think he's been there one of the longest tenured players. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> but the biggest thing is, and don't count out old Seth Roberts, ex-Raider, too. I mean, he signed right. there in Carolina. And Seth was clutch. I mean, he brought brought us some games. That, you know, I think it was Baltimore was one, the Tampa Bay Tampa game. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, realistically, this is going to be a great test for this young defensive back core that we have. But I, I have a feeling that we're going to see some old-school smash-mouth football and defense share. I, I think so, too. I think that, you know, Paul Gunther knows that there's a target on his back, right? You've got Rob Marinelli sitting in the same room. And Marinelli wasn't brought in just to be a defensive line coach. He's a guy that was brought in that if something is needed and something needs to be made, if a change needs to be made, that Marinelli can step in and take over that defensive coordinator role. It's very similar to when the Raiders had Ken Norton Jr. and they brought in John Pagano, right? 
Absolutely. Pagano wasn't brought in to be just another guy on the on the defensive coaching staff. He was brought in to be the defensive coordinator. And you saw that the changes that were made when Pagano took over. So I think that. You know, I think that with Gunther, you know, there's obviously a target on his back. We've seen what his defenses have done. Now, has he been given a short end of the stick? Absolutely. I mean, you look at guys that he's had, Daryl Worley, Tahir Whitehead, Vontez Burfick, all guys who have played really well, just not in the system that we have. And now he's been able to build a team and build a defense based off of the system with a bunch of young guys of guys that he is used to coaching and, and players with the styles that he's used to coaching. So he's not asking players who have done the same thing for 25, 35 years of their life to do something differently in year six, seven, eight, nine of their contract. So who, who in your opinion scores first for the Raiders on the offensive side of the ball? For me, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a sweet, simple, Pass. I think it's going to be. I'm going to say Foster Moreau. Okay. And the reason I say Foster Moreau is because one of the things that we talked about is we talked about getting better in the red zone, right? We talked about Absolutely. the Raiders getting better with their red zone offense. You know, we traveled down to the red zone a lot, and penalties kicked us in the ass every single time. And I think that one of the things that they've been focusing on this year is getting better in the red zone. One of the guys that's best in the red zone, Foster Moreau. I think that he has a lot of comfortability. I think he has a lot of uh, familiarity with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is comfortable throwing to him. And I think that Foster is going to be the guy that scores that first touchdown. Right on. What do you think? I, I You know, part, part of me wants to go with Alec Engel. Uh, just, you know, just a nice, you know, A-gap <laughs> smash. Right. Uh, but, you know, you mentioning red zone. We signed this guy who happens to be kind of a doppelganger to me, this guy named Jason Witten. Yeah. And he he performs phenomenally in the red zone, specifically. So I'm going to push my chips, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> for uh, Jason Witten. And uh, I, I, almost have, I almost have a feeling we're going to score defensively tomorrow, or excuse me, this weekend as well. Ooh, that's a bold prediction. I, I'd like to see it. You know, obviously, that when teams score defensively, when teams lead in the takeaway battle, that's when their defense is generally really well, or they play really well. I think that that's one of the things that, you know, we had a really, that, that worked out for us in 2016. You know, our defense wasn't the best, but we got the ball a lot. We took the ball away a lot. We had a lot of strip sacks. We had a lot of interceptions. We had a lot of fumble recoveries. And I think that that's one of the things, and that's one of the keys that we need to have on this defense you need to have some dogs going out to the ball and not just trying to tackle somebody well there was that the carolina the last time we played carolina in oakland uh yes. Khalil mack had a pick six yes and i mean it, it, it i mean cam was in his end zone in fact i was in in the box right behind there watching it it was insane like you want to talk about you know fifty thousand volts and not that the the, the crowd was never energized but I mean, oh my gosh, that was absolutely phenomenal when he did that. But it that really is a demoralizer, and that's that's the kind of defense I want to see brought out on Sunday, is like you said, hitting people in the mouth, showing them something that people haven't seen for twenty years, twenty five mm-hmm. years, and that's just a team, an old school tag group of just smash mouth, pipe hitting boys out there just gonna lay some wood. 
No doubt. And, you know, you talked about the crowd getting into it and, and crowd noise obviously being a factor. With the Carolina Panthers not having any fans, just like we're not going to have an Allegiant Stadium. I mean, it's basically going to look like it True. is right now behind you uh, in this video. Uh-huh. What do you think that? What do you think the factor of crowd noise is going is going to make? You know, Teddy uh, hasn't been known to be very successful on the hard counts. Uh, Carr has. Um, so, do you think that plays to our advantage on the in the away game, or do you think that it pays you know to a disadvantage? I think it's going to be an advantage. I mean. For the most part, you know, crowd noise, they're they're going to pipe cl- uh, crowd noise in. I don't right. I can't remember the exact percentage that they're going to do, but I don't think it's going to affect the players as much as you probably think. Uh, most of the guys dry, I mean it's it's a it's white noise when you're out there on that field. Personally, I mean for me personally it was. I know for them a lot of them it was as well. Yeah. Uh, but again, it goes back to penalties and being disciplined, you know, and how disciplined the guys are. Uh, we saw that on the defensive side of the ball last year on occasion. There, there'd be a little mix-ups. And then, of course, there were some bad offensive holding calls last year, like the really Indianapolis bad, yeah. game was one, where they would call some, I mean, really bad offensive holding ball calls, especially like on Richie, which you would mm-hmm. see him holding within the box, and they were calling it outside the box, which I couldn't understand that. Uh, so, again, it's just being disciplined, um, going in and playing clean, that's the biggest thing. Clean meaning not giving them any reason to throw that yellow flag right. at all. Right. And, you know, we talk about holding penalties, and it's funny because, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, Richie got called a lot outside the box. And realistically, you know, us as defensive linemen, we know that if you're a guard or a center, you're not going to get called for holding no matter what. And so for our guys to get called for holding, it's very disheartening to see because, you know, across the league, if you're inside the if you're inside those tackles, if you're inside the box, mm-hmm. it's not getting called unless you're wearing silver and black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, that, you know, I mean that's that's real. That's why I say I think it's playing discipline, playing clean, being yeah. professional, that pride and poise, playing with poise. That's a big one. You know, Charles Woodson always said play with poise. That would make sure that you you're always playing clean, head head up, you know, shoulders back, playing clean. Uh, but I, I, I mean, with COVID, the stand plays for a lot of people. This is going to be a big. This is going to be a. This is uh, almost like this is going to be our inoculation, per yeah. se. This season starting for. I mean, not. I, I, I haven't been able to see friends or family uh, for quite some time. So this is going to be a breath of fresh air, per se, for no me. Doubt, so, no doubt. Especially. So and, I'm know, absolutely excited. Yeah, and getting into that, you know, talking about friends and family, I know that, you know, we talked about on the first episode, we talked about home gating and, yes. you know, what we're going to do for games. What what uh, what do you got planned for this home gate this weekend? So, I'm, you know, my typical, if I'm, you know, being, uh, you know, the chef, chef boy RD, um, usually I'll grill. But, you know, generally, if I don't want to, the place I'm going is Ike's. So, yeah. Sunday, I will be getting my the Jimmy three tech special, which is two standos and some chips. So for our pod listeners, what I plan on doing it, doing uh, this week is, uh, you know, if they can pick the correct offensive winner and tweet that out and tag you and I and, and hashtag or and tag, of course, Ike sandwiches and uh, hashtag the training table, uh, they will be getting a Jimmy three tech Sando combo, not delivered to them, but but on me. 
per se. And on nice. Ice, which I thought would be a nice little thing. So, you know, with 800 sandwiches, varieties, I think they can find one or two <laughs> to pick. But that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. How about you? Uh, you know, I'm going to watch the game at home. You know, we, we have the game here in the Bay Area, so I don't have to go anywhere to watch it. I'm doing the post game with Cody, so we'll be on Cody's YouTube channel. So make nice. sure you check us out yes, there. I'll be, of course, watching. Of course, I know you will be. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to stay home and watch the game. I like to get loud in my apartment, shake the walls, uh, wake everybody up before 11 o'clock a.m. It's it's my uh, Sunday tradition, so I'm excited to get back to it. Um, but no, just uh, going to do that. But yeah, make sure everybody is tweeting out who you think is going to be the first offensive touchdown. Make sure you tag me. Make sure you tag Jimmy. And make sure you tag Ike's on there. And James will pick the winner. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, James. Look forward to talking to you about this game next week, going over the recap. Uh, anything you want to add for the listeners? Uh, you know, let's let's be safe. Let's have fun. And you know what? The biggest thing. Why don't we? Why don't we hashtag HomeGate training table pictures this weekend? Yeah, there you go. Right. So let's 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 do some HomeGate training table hashtag HomeGate training table. Some home gating pictures with the friends, the familia, what, what the spreads going on. I know we had the two. Um, I did the two surveys. We had nachos as the preferred side. Carne asada yes. was like the main. So let's let's see let's see some spreads out there, and uh, maybe we can pick a winner next week on who had the best spread. Love it. I love it, James. As always, it's a pleasure. Good talking to you, brother. I'm uh, a definitely be talking brother. to you throughout the week. Obviously, we'll be tweeting throughout the game. Uh, and hopefully when we get back here next week, we're talking about some good things that happened in this game. Hopefully we get to announce hopefully a winner of the sandwich. That's right. And a dub. That's right. And a dub. But we're not going to eat a dub like Jameis Winston. We're just going to get that dub. All right. <laughs> That's right. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.